Congratulations, you made it to the Exfil. You can sit back and relax and pack your bags, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hey there, Mike, a.k.a. MTB Trigger here, and with me as always is my co-host Ronald, a.k.a. Eric. If you are brand new, welcome. This is an Escape from Tarkov podcast where we talk about all things EFT, and our goal is to get better at the game, and we hope you come along with us on that journey. We're going straight into hideout keeping tonight so we can jump right into the Tarkov content. And the thing we want everybody to know always is there are a few ways that you can support the show. And first and foremost, always share it with a friend. Share it with someone who's new to the game, who's thinking about getting the game, who's asking for help, whatever. Let them know about the podcast. Let them know about what we do. Let them know about the awesome community that we have in the Xfil Discord. We do have a Patreon that we link every single week in the show notes. Thank you so much for those of you that do support with your hard-earned money. We greatly appreciate that. Lastly, it's our social channels. So you can find me on Twitch, Twitter, and Discord at MTB Trigger. And a follow or a subscription there is absolutely welcome. And thank you so much for those of you that have been coming by the Twitch channel. A lot of new faces there. A lot of new subscriptions. Thank you so much. And the last thing I'll say is uh, we've had a tremendous amount of support over on the YouTube channel. We crossed some major milestones like we talked about last week. And for those of you that haven't gone over there yet, it's youtube.com forward slash XP Media now. And we're now clipping out shows. We are starting to put in, what do you call those, Eric? Chapters? Is that what it is? Yep. Each video is going to have chapters. So you can easily find different parts of the show. So if you listen to the show and you're like, hey, I'm looking for that one spot, well, you can go on the YouTube side and there's going to be basically minute markers, if you will. Like, And, and YouTube itself will be chunked up and you'll be able to just move your cursor across the bottom of the screen and pick whatever piece of the show that you want to listen to. Just make it easier to share something with a friend. It's like, hey, I heard this spot on the XFIL. You got to listen to this one piece. So we're just making it easier to find those things. Yeah, and, and we wanted to bring that up specifically because one of the requests that we've gotten often on both the podcast and YouTube is timestamps. And unfortunately, because of how different the platforms are with editing, timestamps is really challenging because the audio version and the YouTube version will never be the same length because of what we have to do to get those prepared and ready. And sometimes stuff really makes sense when you can see the emotion on video and it sounds horrible without the emotion in the video behind it. So timestamps was challenging, but we're going to check out this chapter, so to speak, because the way that we clip out the show anyway for targeted conversations that we end up having, this kind of plays into that. So we're going to try it out. Let us know if you see this, how it's working. Uh, but thank you guys so much for the feedback on that. We're going to try to implement it to the best we can. Uh, and I think I already said the social channels. You can find me just about everywhere at MTB Trigger. 
And again, thank you for those that have stopped by. And uh, Eric, sorry to put you on the spot and bring you in a little early, but how are you, man? And and let these fine folks uh, know how to get in touch with you and, and what's going on. Hey, what's up again, everybody? Looking forward to getting into the show tonight. But before we do that, the best way to get in touch with me is always on Discord. Send me a DM. Join the Exfil Discord. I'm at the top of the list next to MTB Trigger. We're online most of the day, whether we're by our computer or not. Shoot us a DM and we'll get back to you as quickly as we can. Otherwise, you can always email the show if you have something more formal that you don't want to put through Discord. You can email the show at xpmedia2020 at gmail.com. You can also follow me on the Twitters at Ronald Gaming and look for content coming out for me. Just general random things uh, there. But besides that, ready to jump into a, a fun and exciting new Xville episode 33, coming full circle, if you will, on tonight's topic, talking about interchange. But before we do that, Trigger, how was your week in Tarkov? Well, I am excited to talk about uh, interchange, but <laughs> I was all prepared to talk about my week in Tarkov, which is actually pretty similar to last week, honestly. But a few hours ago, I was donated while streaming uh, the game Fall Guys, if you've heard of this. And it's just plaguing my mind because I got about two hours of gameplay into this game. And I got to say, one of the things that I'm noticing, and I, I see it in the XFIL Discord, uh, I've seen it come out a number of different ways. People are uh, either they get frustrated or they hit a wall or they hit a rut. And I think everybody does a really good job in this community of saying, like, it's okay to take a break, take a day off, take a week off, take whatever you need. And we talked about having fun and ways to do that last week and making your own fun in the game. Sometimes just being in Tarkov is too much. And I think I found the best game to break the seriousness of Tarkov and go in the complete opposite direction. And it's this game Fall Guys, man. It's literally you're this like little egg or jelly bean or something. And there's 60 of you all trying to race to the end of a thing or jump and, and survive. I, I don't know, man. It's like jelly bean battle royale with like six buttons. It's, it is maddeningly hard and fun and silly at the same time. And I laughed for two hours straight. So it, it was just an absolutely fun afternoon playing this game. Uh, but as it goes to Tarkov specifically, I've continued my sort of newfound uh, love, which is uh, scaving interchange and alternating that with a PMC run on Factory, all with the goal of filling up a scav junk box with barter items and trying to stay money positive on the PMC run, meaning not wasting too much expensive ammo, not dying every single time, and, and getting out with some barter items, some keys, uh, other players' loot or scav loot, and just trying to stay positive. And that's been what I've really enjoyed uh, on a bit of a limited time schedule. I've had a little bit less time to play Tarkov recently, and that's been uh, it's been good for a number of reasons, but it's also made me really think about the way I've wanted to spend my time in Tarkov. And I'm still enjoying the same strategy that I talked about last week. So how about you, man? What have you been up to this week? After our conversation last week about interchange, I decided to just give it a try and get into the scaving rotation of interchange. And it has been a blast. One of the things I wanted to do before next wipe was learn more of the loot spots in interchange because it'd be beneficial 
to do the questing, but also just in general, how to like maximize every run that I end up with in interchange. And so I have spent a ton of time scaving on interchange. And I would say I probably maybe have 30 scav runs from last week. And I made it out 27 out of 30 times. It's shockingly, amazingly effective scaving on interchange at night. And I am really, really enjoying that. It's very profitable and it's fun kind of in a different way than the scaving that I was doing on uh, Factory or the scaving that I was doing on Shoreline. I, I think one of the things I like about it is that, like you say, you know, when you don't have a ton of time, it's, it's a quick run. Whereas, you know, when you scav in the Shoreline, you have 30 minutes and you're going to use a lot of that time to get everything that you need to do. You scav in the Factory with nine minutes left. And in those nine minutes, you can almost be just as efficient as you are in 30 minutes in Shoreline. So don't get me wrong, I love Shoreline, but uh, scaving on Interchange and learning it more was both intentional um, from that map knowledge side, but also from just, hey, I need to do something that's a little bit more time efficient this week and make some money off the deal. And so it, I've actually made a ton of rubles this week off of the scav runs. And then I've I've gone on to use my PMC time uh, specifically inside of Factory, and I have played Reserve a little bit. I was watching some folks in Xville do some reserve. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to try some PMC runs on reserve. And I'm realizing that I need to get a Red Rebel. And I'm going to have to probably just buy one. And thankfully, I can afford one. So probably just going to end up buying a Red Rebel probably in the next week or so. Because I learned how to do reserve in a way that depends upon that Xfil that's back by the dome. And I never really learned how to use the other X-Fills on Reserve last wipe. So this wipe, I've learned how to use the D2 X-Fill, but that one can be a little bit spicy down there with X-Fill campers kind of hanging out. Um, it's fun and I enjoy it, but it still can be a little spicy. So that's that's one piece of it. And then, of course, the other X-Fills are, you know, Reserve just has a lot going on, right? Pretty dynamic map but in a good way. So tried a few reserve runs there. And then, um, of course, just uh, PMC'd on Factory because I'm kind of addicted to Factory for the same reasons that you are. Having fun with my 8R still. I run my M995 through my 8Rs and expensive ammo and a common gun. I really like that setup quite a bit. I did link my my Chadar build in the Xville Discord in the questions uh, for show topic. So if you want to check that out, it is up there for everyone to see and critique. Hopefully you can take it and then turn it into something else that fits your play style if you want to give it a try. But yeah, overall, good week. I've had a, like you, I've had a reduced time to play. However, the time that I did have, I did have a good time. That's awesome. It may come as no surprise to everybody. And a lot of this comes from questions in the Discord. It comes from what we've been doing. But on the third episode, the official launch of Xfil after the first two generic episodes way back in January, the first episode we did was on Interchange. And we want to come back to it because we sort of alluded to the scav run that I've been doing, that I've been showing people on stream. Uh, there's some older videos of it, but we wanted to kind of break down Interchange again now from a more experienced point of view versus when we were first starting the game. And that was the map that I really enjoyed back then. And it's still a map that I really enjoy now. So we're going to dig into uh, Interchange tonight quite a bit. But I do think it's really cool that 
you've found a gun. And again, we talked about this a bit last week, but I want to touch on this briefly because you said a couple things that I think are critical to factory before we get into interchange. And it was number one, you found a gun that you like. That's key. It really doesn't matter what gun it is, right? So a lot of people are like, well, what gun are you using? And then they'll go use it and they may not have success. Find a gun that you're comfortable with. It doesn't matter what the ergo rating is. It doesn't matter what the vertical recoil is. Find one that you like to shoot and that you're comfortable with. I can promise you that extra seven ergo, if you modify it some other way, isn't going to be life and death. It may be in one out of 100 games, but it's more about comfort. Maybe you have a really easy time finding ADARs on scavs. Maybe it's an AK-103. Maybe it's an SKS. Doesn't matter. But at this point in the wipe, my advice is, and the strategy that I use when loading up for a map like Factory, which is maximum five PMCs, and you set it, in your ADAR, you run M995. Well, my guess is that you don't take all of your M995 in your TAC rig. I'm guessing you at least have a stack in your Gamma or a Mag or something because it is very expensive. But however much I would say really good ammo you're willing to afford regardless of your level, like if you're over 10, I think it's worth investing in at least a mag, at least 30 rounds or something of good ammo. Because if you run into the geared person on factory, it can become just an absolute brutal experience really quick. And more and more now, you're going to run into people that are wearing face shields, that are wearing at least class 4 armor. Oftentimes they're wearing a USEC vest at the very least, which has a ton of hit points to get through. And you really need those high pin rounds if you do run into a, a PMC like that. And I can tell you from experience, I was running an MPX and I was running the PST uh, GZH, I think, ammo, which is decent ammo. But I died two games in a row as a fully kitted PMC, MPX, not so good ammo. I wasn't using the new... Um, high pan ammo that you can get from Rapper, the 7N19 or 14 or whatever that new ammo is that came out for 9mm. But I wasn't running that and I died two games in a row to someone wearing an Alton helmet because I usually am aiming for the chest and the head. This thing just absorbs that ammo. You know, he's wearing probably a class 5 or class 6 thorax protection and then he was wearing an Alton and it was not the same guy both times but in two separate raids and I made the mistake and I paid for it and lost a slick armor in one case and I lost a killer armor in the next one and then everything else that I took in. So my advice is buy the best ammo you can afford at least one magazine full of it if you're going to be running factory because most people are going to be geared there now and there are good inexpensive ammo options and I think three or four shows ago we talked about our favorite guns for budget loadouts. Make sure you check those out if you're going to run factory because if you can't afford great ammo, make sure you're going in with a good budget one. Yeah, and one more thing about factory I just wanted to add before we move on to talking more about tonight's uh, main show topic is make sure that you always go into factory with a factory key. You are going to run into a much more difficult situation trying to exfil through gate three and just competing with all the scavs, competing with all the chads who either brought a key or didn't bring a key or whatever. You're going to have a much easier time. If things get too spicy, you just can go out gate zero and, and use your key and, and get out, which it's not gate zero, is it? It's the it's the one at the bottom of the steps. Yeah, that's gate zero. Yep. Gate zero. Okay. I just want to make sure I didn't misspeak. But you want to have your key because that's that's going to save you. And that's honestly saved me 
many, many times. And yes, the factory keys, they do cost. I mean, you're talking like 62, 64K, whatever, but you get 50 uses out of that. And if you've never done that, it's something you can throw it in your gamma and you can use it. And I think it's something that you should strongly consider because you're going to get the most out of factory if you're just learning that map by playing the edges, getting to a point where you've killed a couple, maybe you've killed a PMC, maybe you've killed three or four scavs, and then you, you're starting to feel a little bit spicy and juiced up and you're like, okay, I got to go. Then you can just kind of retreat back in that corner and you can, you can exfil and you can have that win. And when you're starting off in Tarkov, or even if you're just having a, a rut in Tarkov, getting that win is such a big deal. And so one of the things that we can't skip past is just to say with Factory, make sure you have a key. It gives you that easy way out. There is quite literally nothing more valuable to me than having the Factory key. It's crazy, honestly, how useful it is getting out when you need to. And it's things like, even if you don't have a lot of gear, if you picked up a shotgun and a helmet and like 15,000 rubles off of a scab in factory, if you use the key one time, exfil with that stuff, you've made up half the key, right? And if the shotgun had a flashlight on it, you may be even more than that. But my point in saying that is, Factory keys used to be, like in the previous wipe and early in this wipe, they were 150k sometimes. And now they're, what, 60k if you sell them to therapists? And most of the time on the flea market, that's what they sell for. Uh, and they have 50 uses. 61, 783, I think. But who's counting? But who's counting? Yes. <laughs> but the point being that that means that you're roughly spending a little over a thousand rubles per use, which is so inexpensive. When you say you've cleared out that side of the map or something, you can usually guarantee that you can get out safely if you've cleared out that part of the map. So highly recommend it. Great point, um, especially right now. And if you're a newer player hearing this and you're not even aware of what the factory key is, that's okay. It's just something that you want to be keeping your eyes out for. Or when you hit level 10, make sure you go snag one of those if you like the factory map. It's critical. Uh, but with that, I, I say let's uh, let's get into interchange. And what really kicked this off was, you know, it was my <laughs> poor definition of my scav run on interchange. And what I want to do is actually just kind of walk through what that scav run is. Okay. And the biggest thing with this is oftentimes you're going to scav in on interchange. And like Eric said earlier, you have nine minutes. I find that almost every single time you're going to go and you have nine to 13 minutes is what I find. And then occasionally you'll scav in and have like 45 minutes, right? And those are the ones that are a little more challenging because there's a lot more PMCs running around. Now, Map knowledge does really help you in this, but I will say this, when I do interchange scav runs, I literally take my headset off. It's become just a relaxing thing for me, and I actually sprint through almost the entire map when there's less than 15 minutes remaining. And my thought process on that is, I don't think there's PMCs around. And if they are, I actually think they're hiding more often and trying to get out their graphics cards or whatever loot they have. And they really don't want to engage anybody that late in the map. Now, I'll die to one occasionally, but I literally take my headset off and just run around freely, basically. Now, the part that most people want to hear about is exactly where to go and what to do. And I'm actually excited to talk about a couple of these runs because actually uh, Ronald and I did a couple together 
over this week, which was a blast. It was fun running with somebody doing this. Now, I'm going to pull up the Tarkov um, map for Interchange, and we'll link one. If for some reason you hit the link, we often link to the wiki, and any time they update a map, you no longer have access to the old one. So if for some reason that map isn't working, pull up an Interchange map. The one that I really like is the one that has the top floor of the mall on the far right, the main floor of the mall in the middle, and then the parking lot and the outdoor side on the very far left. And the reason I want you to look at this map if you're not super familiar with Interchange is because there's some very common scav spawn points, okay? And again, I don't really like talking about things that, you know, you can't have in front of you if you're in your car and things like that, but this can really help if you're looking at it if you have the ability to look at it while we talk, but I don't think it's necessary. So if you're thinking about the mall, you've got the Ollie map, or you've got the Ollie store, which is the Greenwald megastore. You have Goshen, which is the Redwald megastore. And you have Idea, which is the Bluewald megastore. The most common scav entry points that I've found are either in the back halls of Idea, the back halls of Ollie, or in the center of the mall on the upstairs portion. I would say 50% of the time you're in one of those three spots, you can end up all over the map as a scav, but that's where I generally find myself. I wanna add one quick point to the spawn because I think it's super important that if you find yourself spawning in the mall and you're like, I'm lost, I have nowhere to go, what do I do? I wanna give you one tip that I have really, really latched onto that's really helped me. You can always find the center of the mall and look down the main corridor and find the big windows in the front of the mall. And you can use that as kind of like your compass in this map. And if you're still kind of lost beyond that point, if you run towards the back, towards the grocery in the back, you're going to run into the second layer of stores. So this is a, this is Kiba, this is Germain, this is Voyage. And one of the things that I always use as a point of reference is there is a set of stairs in a hole on the Ollie side and the floor is flush on the idea side. So if I'm running through the map, that's one thing to keep in mind. The other thing is if you're running through the map and you're on the front of facing the front of the mall to just reset, if you go to the left, you can get to Ali. And I, I know a lot of people, at least the people that I've played with, a lot of people just learn the Emercom exit, Xfil, and so they're just used to going to Ali to Xfil. And so you can kind of use that as a reset. Now, there actually is a little bit of rationale here to learn the train Xfil because I think there are less people that use that and there's less people camping that. But I just wanted to talk about real quick about orientation because I think it's very important to have a way to orient yourself when you're standing in the middle of the mall. And that big, long central corridor, you can use that to figure out where you are. That was actually, <laughs> that's actually perfect because one of the spots that you spawn in, and normally when you spawn in on the top of the mall as a scav, you actually spawn in right by the glass window. And I agree with you. It's the best point of orientation. And so what I, what I want to walk you through, and I'll use that spawn point first, I'm going to tell you exactly what I do when I spawn at these various common scav spots. So if I spawn in top of the mall, I go to that glass, right? So I'm on the top story of the mall, I run to the glass, and then you take a left down the last corridor. 
Then I sprint down that hallway, and the final store on the right is always lit up, and it's called Tech Light. It is a very common spawn that gets hit early in the map because it's near a very high-value loot room that requires a key. So if you're a scav, just expect that the high-value loot room is, is hit, and it's already got everything out of it, or it's still locked. I've never found anything in there as a scab, but I will run through tech light to see if there's any various technology parts in there, wires. The thing that you'll find most often in the technology scores are items that lay very flat. So LCD screens, broken LCD screens, G phones, wires, things that have low profile and sit on those shelves. So I'll hit tech light from there, and then there's an escalator nearby, and you run down that escalator and you turn right and you're in Ollie. And we'll, we'll hit Ollie at the very end. But that's the first one. So second story, that's where you go. The next one I want to talk about is if you spawn in Idea. Now, I still get lost in Idea. This is the blue-walled megastore. But what I do if I spawn in Idea is I make my way to the back of it. So if you're looking at the map, I'm trying to get to the northeast corner of the Idea area. And the reason for that is... I like to run through the storage room of Idea, and then you can go outside briefly and then in the back hallway of Goshen, run the back hallway of Goshen all the way across, and then run outside briefly again and into Ollie. And again, we'll hit Ollie at the end. The reason that I run the back hallway of Idea and the back hallway of Goshen is you almost never encounter players back there, and there are critical parts for keeping your hideout going all the time, depending on what you like to make. I like to make mag boxes, which require metal cutting scissors, screw nuts, and bolts. And you can find those very, very commonly in these back hallways. And you can also find D-Fuel, which is one of the highest one-slot items you can find. I think it's like 37k right now for a one-slot item. And then you can also loot a bunch of tool chests back there. You can find fuel, but it's one of the best runs for keeping your hideout going. So if you spawn an idea, northeast corner, run outside, run the far east hallway of Goshen, and then you come back to the back end of Ollie. The third one's really simple. If you start an Ollie, loot Ollie, <laughs> you know? And, and what I find is typically I'm going to run the main floor of Ollie, and I'm not going to go super detailed on Ollie because we hit that last week, but run a giant U. And if for some reason you get to Ollie, you run the U, and you haven't got all of the parts to fill all of your slots, there are two hallways attached to Ollie, one on the west end, one on the east end, and there are computer rooms on either end. And most of the rooms that have computers have three computers that you can loot. And when I go hit these, I will almost always fill my bags, at least top them off here, and then able to exfil. And, you know, I do want to talk about the railway exfil, like Eric said, but I exfil out of the Emercom exfil as a scav because you always have it available. And like Eric, I have a 90 plus percent success rate doing this. And the average is like 200k. But if you find water filters when you're running through Ollie, which is why I run it at night because they're hard to see. And if someone's moving through quick, they'll miss water filters. Those things are worth like 80k right now. So if you need them for your hideout, great. But if not, you can sell them and make great profit on those. But those are the three runs. And, and I'm going to say five out of 10 conservatively. But I think seven out of 10 times that you scav into interchange, you're going to be in one of those three locations. 
Or you're going to be like in the basement of Idea near the escalator that goes up or the basement of Ollie and go up. But like those are the spots, man. Have you like regularly spawned in somewhere else on Interchange? No, not at all. I've regularly actually spawned in, I would say, over 50% of the time it's in Ollie. Yeah. Or it's right behind Idea. Like I'll spawn. Yep outside behind idea run down the back of goshen hit all the different various caches and there's stuff on the shelves you know whatever like you said there's defuels there's there's fuel cans there's all kinds of things on those shelves i actually found a weapons case that i didn't know existed behind the connexes back there just all kinds of stuff like that just keep your eyes open for it and i I never see anybody it's crazy i'd never see anybody there's maybe another scav usually don't mess around with it unless unless I haven't found much <laughs> and I have nothing to lose, then I'll shoot the scav just to get something. But I think that in general, I end up running down the back of Goshen and then I gotta, I have a choice to make. If there's under five minutes left, I will run down the back of the ramp that's the back of Goshen there and jump off the bottom of the ramp before the fence starts, make my way through the hole in the wall, and then go out the long way to Emmercom. Yeah, so there's so many ways to do the Emercom exit. That's probably the safest one, in my opinion. And look, if if you start an idea and you run through Goshen and you have full bags, full pockets, and you've got 120,000 worth of loot or something, like, go exfil. Like, there's no problem with that. You don't have to maximize every slot. But as you get more comfortable with running Interchange, you'll be more comfortable maximizing every slot. Now, The one qualifier I have here, and this is actually something that Eric and I ran into, was we both spawned in and neither of us had a backpack and we both had garbage vests. We had scav vest or that little black bank robber thing. And it was like, well, we're both here. (laughs) We want to get out with loot. Let's go run through the middle of the mall and try to find some backpacks. And we actually ended up running into two PMCs. And it was little common mistakes. I actually was one. No, was it two PMCs or was it scavs? I don't even remember now. It was two PMCs. Yeah. And and here's a couple things to think about, right? We mentioned the big glass window in the center of the mall. The other areas where glass exists is at the entrance to the big stores, Idea and Ollie. And so the first PMC that we killed was from a little shortcut that they took late in the map, which was they were coming in from outside of Ollie and rather than running in through the garage, which is like maybe a five second detour, they broke the glass at the front of Ollie and were coming up. And when we heard this, we were up in tech light right after we spawned. And I was like, I just heard glass break. There's only one place that can be, and it's the front of Ollie. So I booked it down the escalator. Eric's right behind me. I was like telling him where I'm going. He's like, I'm right behind you, dude. I was like, we're going in and we're turning right. This guy's going to be there. And sure enough, we both come around the corner. This dude is standing at the top of the stairs to the entrance of Ollie, and we both start shooting, and he goes down. And sure, he had a backpack, boom. So we start looting and we're doing our U, which was starting at the front glass of Ollie, which if again, if you're looking at the map or thinking about it, it's where the big glass is on Ollie, which is the west side of the map. But think about the big glass in front of Ollie. We killed him right at the top of the stairs and we're beginning our U by heading straight to the back pallet racking. And we hear something else. Another PMC is back there presumably looking for propane and other stuff like that. And we get into a firefight um, and it was so funny because 
one of the things that used to happen was when we were still learning this game, we would ask each other, we'd be like, is that you? Is that a PMC? Should I shoot? <laughs> and I and I see this guy and I expect a conversation and I'm like starting to say like, there's a and then boom, Ronald takes a shot and then I shoot and the guy goes down and we just start laughing. And he just says to me, I don't ask anymore. <laughs> It was so awesome, dude. It was pretty funny, actually. It was great because, like, we're sitting there, like, high tense moment. And it was just like, he knew exactly what I was thinking. And he just goes, I don't ask anymore. (laughs) Just shoot and ask questions later. And I was like, yes, here we go, dude. And then we both had bags and we uh, proceeded to just basically uh, loot the back wall of Ollie towards the exfil. And then um, what you find, you found, like, what, two... Yeah, I did well. My man had already done some looting for me. So he had a Burkett and he had two water filters and he had like a stack of 45,000 rubles. He must have got off a scav and yeah, yeah, it was great. It was great. I think we surprised him because when I shot him, he jumped. He jumped, that's right. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, what are you doing, man? So I just aimed a little higher and he was gone. <laughs> and so it's just like, dude. And But anyways, so he, he jumped and then it just didn't work out. So I, I honestly think that he was more surprised uh, than than we were at, at that point, which was very memorable. But again, it was, a, it was a great run, you know, using sound and using what we had available. And, you know, when you scav in without anything, then you have nothing to lose. Yeah. So just go see if you can find some dead guys and pull off what people have left over and be a scav, right? Be a scav and go do your thing. So Yeah. And and I want to talk about the 90 plus percent survival thing right now, because if you're not super familiar with interchange, don't expect to go in there with a high success rate in getting out. Because one of the critical factors to this is knowing where the loot is. And until you go in and explore, you don't know where all the loot is. And until you know where the loot is, you're not going to know where PMCs move through the map. Until you die 50 times on interchange, you're not going to know where you encounter people. Part of the reason that Ronald and I were so successful in that fight in the back corner of Ollie is because that pallet racking area is probably the best loot spot in the big part of Ollie because it has fuel spawns, it has water filter spawns, it has basically anything and everything and there's seriously like 20 spawns within like 10 square feet right there so once you're approaching that area as you've played more and more interchange you're gonna start like okay i need to raise my awareness levels and that back wall of ollie scabs used to not go there at all and now they just kind of walk back there and walk back in so if you see someone running along the back wall it's a player So before you loot that area, I will often go look up the back wall to make sure no one's approaching me, then I'll loot, then I'll check it again, and then I'll move along the back wall. And in doing so, I've caught a lot of other player scavs or PMCs that were approaching that area, and it's just something that you will learn over time. So don't expect to get out every time, but know that there is an option to really learn how to exfil often. Yep. And one of the things to keep in mind too, if you're not super familiar with interchange, the best thing that you can do is take one of your gaming days, we're going to take two or three hours, go into an offline raid. All of the loot will spawn in the map in an offline raid and you'll be the only one. Don't have any scavs, don't have anything else. Just go into an offline raid, pull the map up on your second monitor or 
on your phone or something, if you have one monitor, and walk around the mall, stop at every store and say, okay, I'm in front of Revis. I'm in front of Brutal now. Okay, this is the map, and this is what it looks like. Take the time to really soak in what it is, because in the heat of the moment, when you're fighting an interchange, map knowledge on interchange is huge. And for the longest time, I just didn't have the map knowledge, and I avoided interchange. And this wipe, I specifically have decided, okay, I'm going to get to know interchange to the point where I know the callouts, I know how to run around the ball, I know where the places are to go to avoid fire, all that stuff. And that process started with me with basically two 45-minute or whatever, almost full-length raid interchange offline raids. And all I did was just learn the terrain. And that's the way that I learned. So maybe it'll only take you 15 minutes of running around and you're good to go. But the fact that you have the ability to do that, I think, is an awesome way to learn kind of a complex system of of loot spawns and interchanges, definitely that. Yeah, absolutely. And when you say complex uh, loot spawn, I'm just going to rattle off all of the items that I find regularly just in the main area of Ollie, okay? So you can find tubes, gas analyzers, screw nuts, bolts, pack of nail, pack of screws, car batteries, thermometers, helix, propane, blue fuel, metal fuel cans, water filters, keck tape, duct tape, insulated tape, plex, WD-40, hoses, light bulbs, uh... (laughs) Like, these are all the things that you find regularly, and oftentimes you'll find, like, one of each. (laughs) You know, if you've spun in with a scav bag, a burkit, the day pack, or a pilgrim, you can get out with so much loot just from Ollie alone. And then again, if you can't find that stuff in the main part of Ollie because it was hit well, I hate, like, guaranteeing things, but I don't know if I've ever been through Ollie and wasn't able to find at least 10 items scattered around that main part. But if you need to find more, there's three information desks in Ollie that have two computers each. There are those hallways that have a combined like six, if not eight more computers on the outskirts of Ollie. Like there is so much loot in this spot that it's become my favorite place to go when I'm just like, you know what? I want to make some rubles right now. This is where I'm going. Yeah, absolutely. I actually just enjoy it for what it is when it comes to the 10 minutes of scav running. It, it is really something that is very efficient time-wise, and it all depends on, on what you want to do. But if you're looking for just a quick loot run, the design of Interchange gets you from a central point and then out one of the corners of the map, and the map just isn't that big. And on the way out, you have plenty of ways to load up your scav, get out, an exfil with everything you need to keep leveling your hideout or just actually sell it. You know, for me, I've spent this wipe just trying to maximize the new way that the economy works. And I now have more rubles than I realistically need to spend. So I'm really, this is a low pressure situation. If you end up, if you find yourself, hey, I've already maximized all of the ways that I I make money through my hideout. I'm doing pretty well on my PMCs. Well, then this is just fun. This is just gravy. But if you're broke and you are like, I can't afford to do anything, this is a way that will a high percentage chance fund your PMC runs to progress your progression in the game. So either way, it's a a win-win. 
And it's something that if you can learn how to master and do effectively, it'll really help your Tarkov experience. Yeah. And just to kind of wrap up what we're going to hit on Interchange today, you don't have to learn every single store name, right? If you heard Techlight and Ollie and Idea and Goshen, and you're like, I don't know where any of that is. I don't want to play the map. Trust me, it's not that hard. Pick out key ones. And you know what the best thing to do? Walk in a store. And again, I'm a big, big fan of having the interchange map up. Look at the name of the store. Walk in the store. Get safe. Look over on your other monitor or alt tab if you don't have another monitor. And look at that interchange map. The best part about the interchange map is if you zoom in on it, there is a key on the left side that literally tells you every single loot spot that is like a hard spawn, like a duffel bag or a coat or whatever else, a safe or any of that weapons crates, all of that stuff. And you can see like, okay, I just looked in this store. Do I need to remember it? No, not really. But over time, you'll just get to the point where I believe that you'll learn the names of the really important stores to know. And you don't have to do the scaver in the same way that uh, Ronald and I talked about. I just particularly like Ollie. I know people that love to scav around the middle of the mall, around the high value areas, because you can get into more PvP action. Or, you know, you can find people that tried to engage Killa. And there's times where I've looted fully decked out guys who died to Killa, and their teammates maybe killed him and then left some of the gear behind. You know, so if you want to sneak around the mall, you can. There's usually some corpses that you can go pull stuff off of. But the intention of this was to give you this full breakdown of a high percentage, high consistency, not necessarily two million in profit, but, you know, you do a couple of these in an hour and, you know, you might be pushing a million. So it's become my favorite scab thing to do. And if you have any questions on this or there's areas you're running into problems, like I don't know if I, I don't know how many times I've ran this, but in the last two weeks, it's probably, uh, you know, close to 50. I don't know. It's been a lot. Yeah, and one of the other things about this particular run that is kind of really important here as we're talking is if you don't have time to squat up with other people, this is something that you can really be effective at doing solo. And there are so many other loot runs in Tarkov that are really designed to have a squad of people with you, whether it's two, three, four, whatever. But this particular loot run can really be done solo. So if you don't have a lot of time, if you're busy at work, if you're a gamer dad or whatever you got going on, this is one of those situations where if you only have an hour to play, you can really be effective running this particular scav run. So this is why we wanted to highlight this because we've talked a little bit about it on the show. It really fits that either play style. If you have a bunch of extra time, that's great. But if you don't have a lot of time, it's also a way to make a, make a little bit of money to keep progressing through the game. Yeah, and I, I agree with that. And it kind of leads into something that I was thinking about as we were talking. And, and it's sort of a moment of introspection, really, that in the last few weeks, it's not so much that I've had less playtime overall. I've just had other distractions that pull me from being able to have long chunks of playtime together. And so I guess the reason I'm bringing that up, and I guess I want to ask you this question, is for me, doing this interchange factory interchange combo is really born out of having that limited time or really inability to run like Shoreline two times in a row, right? Because I spend a lot of time on Shoreline when I play it. Um, You know, so I guess, are there other things that you do when you have uh, limited time slots? 
to play Tarkov uh, besides this interchange run and factory? Well, I think the biggest thing you got to do is always have a plan for Tarkov, even if it takes you, you know, weeks to get through the plan and try to do things incrementally just a little bit at a time to get to where you're trying to get to and understand that Tarkov is a game that you don't have to push the task system to consider yourself being successful at the game. When you don't have a lot of time to play or you go through a season or a part of the wipe where you just don't have a lot of time, it's totally acceptable to just say, you know what, all I've got time to really do is scav for a little bit, get one or two PMC runs in, and that's it. You know, And it doesn't mean that you are not going to get back to progressing the task system or trying to get Kappa or whatever. What it means is that you're just taking a break from those things because you don't have the amount of time that it takes to focus on getting, you know, Mosin kills without any armor on woods. And so you're just dying constantly, right? You know, and it's that part of the game is just very time dependent. So when I think about like what we're talking about here, we're really trying to equip players that say, okay, I may not have enough time to be good at this game. Can I really play? And we want to encourage you and say, absolutely, you can totally play this game. You can have fun playing this game and you can be successful playing the game if you don't have a lot of time. There's many different ways to play Tarkov and we like to highlight all of them, not just the ones that say, okay, I'm going to be the greatest FPS player ever. Because that's easy. Honestly, everybody knows that, okay, you can throw a bunch of time at something and get good at it. But let's say you really have real life that gets in the way of your gamer time, as we all do. We want to make sure that you know if you're just getting into Tarkov and you're maybe this is the first Exfil podcast you've listened to and you're like, we have no idea what these guys are talking about. Or maybe you've been listening for a while and you're like, yeah, I can relate to this. I've been busy and, you know, I just don't have a ton of time. This is one of those things that we want to say, hey, you know, do this, make some money. It'll give you that ability to run a couple of PMC runs. And if you die, you haven't sacrificed a whole week's of progression in the game. And so I think it's super important that people know that. I do too. And one of the things that I had to look at along those same lines was I would go in and let's say I was working on tasks. That's what I was choosing to do with my time. Even if I had an hour to play, I was finding that I could you know, move the needle on some task progression. And the one that I'm still working on now, and I have one kill left of the 48 required is the one where you have to put on the um, the blue chest and the, the blue armor, the uh, untar stuff. And I realized that, you know, I would gear up for a raid, I would go in, and then if I died, I would spend a fair amount of time in the outgame buying an untar vester, doing the barter for it, and then getting the helmet. Oh, I got to do an M4, and then, oh, I got to build the M4. And I was spending a fair amount of time in between PMC runs for the task setting up to do that task again. And so one of the things I've used my lower playtime sessions for is going in and then if I find something on factory or interchange that's useful for a task, you know, so I was working on grenade kills or I was working on this untar task and I would be setting up kits, right? So, oh, oh, my scav has a has an untar vest. So if I get out, I would put that untar vest there. And then if I got a helm three runs later, now I got the untar vest, the helm, and then, oh, cool, I got I got an ADAR. Well, I'll keep those mags 
and I'll put those there so that when I build the M4, I just have the mags ready. And so I've optimized my time a little bit so that while I'm doing this, I have at least a plan, to your point, about what I'm going to do when I have some more time or in my next play session. And I've started building these little kits within my stash so that I eliminate that whole like, oh, gosh, I got to go get the M4 and oh, I got to go buy a helm. And um, I was wasting a tremendous amount of time in between raids because, you know, a couple weeks ago, I was fortunate I had a quite a few strings of long play times, but I didn't realize how much time I was wasting by not having a plan, or at least I wasn't using my uh, raids to prepare for future ones. So excellent point. And that's something that I think that even with shorter sessions, you can absolutely get ready for uh, whatever you're going to be doing next. I completely agree. And it's one of those things that we want to make sure that you don't get discouraged. I mean, I've talked to a couple people, especially in the last like week, it seems that have really hit a point where they're like, man, I'm in my mid 20s or early 30s. And I've played a lot of Tarkov at this point in the wipe, but I'm kind of hitting a wall. And I just wanted to encourage people and say, hey, change it up a little bit. Maybe change what your goal is in Tarkov to be. Let's just do some quick loot runs. And, you know, we'll just have fun in a different way. Because remember, the whole game can be played in many different ways. And it's all about having fun. So we wanted to make sure tonight that we specifically talked about interchange. And we gave you just some encouragement to play maybe in a way that you hadn't considered. And if you have considered playing this way, you know, that's it's awesome too. And so down in the comments for this particular episode, let's talk about this. We want to know what kind of success you've had on interchange. What are your favorite places on interchange? Tell us about it. Let's let's talk about what's your favorite parts of interchange. Do you like scaving on it? Do you not like scaving on it? Let's have a conversation in the comments on it. And also in Discord as always. Yeah, and I'd also add to that and say, I would love to hear about more strategies or gameplay decisions when you have like 45 minutes to play and you're wanting to jump in Tarkov. Like, what do you do with 45 minutes of Tarkov? I would love to hear what everybody does with that time because I find it fascinating. And to be honest with you, I hadn't really scaved at all for like over a month. And then as my playtime shifted, I started doing it a little more when I could, and I just realized how fun that was. So I, I would love to have some more shorter playtime strategies and, and hear what everyone else does in those scenarios, because I want to try them out. It's kind of like you tried out reserve, like you were talking about earlier in the show, and you're like, oh, I, I really need to <laughs> get, the, get the Red Rebel on my PMC. But it's cool that you're starting to dabble in that. And, and I would love to hear what everyone else is doing because I really feel like I've mastered this interchange route and I think I could use my time and, and look at some other stuff. So I'm, I'm excited for that, but would love to hear what everyone else is doing. Yeah, absolutely look forward to hearing how everyone else is playing and what kinds of different things you have to say about that. But I think that's about it for this week. So thank you everybody for listening. The green bar is flashing, which means we are moments away from disappearing if you look up there you can see it you can see the green bar we wanted to say one quick note if you are brand new to the show thank you for checking out the show welcome to the xfil be sure to check out discord because it is one thing to leave a comment on youtube and we love having a discussions in the comment section but be sure to jump on the discord we have 1300 plus people now in discord in the community it's very active. There's plenty of people out there that can answer questions. You can squad up with, learn all kinds of things about the game. So we wanted to make sure do that. Also, remember, you can find the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon, 
Pandora. We're soon to be uh, on several other places as the podcasting genre continues to grow. So be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform. And if you can, whatever that platform has for an interaction, what do we mean by that is if it has a like, if it has a follow, if it has its own comment system, please leave us a comment. Please leave us a review. Please leave us a five-star review. Whatever it is, it helps the algorithm of that platform really spread the show and just makes our community better because more people join it. Also on YouTube, please go to youtube.com slash now. Check out this version of the show in talk show format where you can actually see Trigger and I do the show. We add graphics into the show. So if you're an audio-only listener, thank you for that. But you are missing graphics and also other illustrations when we talk, which are things that kind of make the experience a little bit different. So be sure to check that out if you haven't. If you already have, thank you. And that's about it. But before we leave for this week, before we head out, Trigger, do you have any more thoughts for us? I do. You know, you said uh, Discord, and I just clicked in while we're recording, and it's almost 11 p.m. Uh, Central Time on a Monday. There are 19 people currently playing in like six different squads uh, in the Xville. So I, I see people join the Discord all the time or message on YouTube and say, you know, I look forward to playing with people. Again, I'm not going to guarantee it, but close to it, that if you go into the various looking for group channels and just say what you're looking to do, you type it out, I'm pretty sure you're going to get picked up. Or if you go join some of the channels where people are looking for group for a specific map or whatever, there's just a ton of groups going on. Uh, we've been jumping in and chatting in those when we can, but it's just been really cool to see uh, all the groups forming and then all of the uh, <laughs> the team kills and uh, the fun stuff that comes from that. Mostly the show loot section in the Discord has been really cool to see some of the runs that have been thrown together. And uh, it's just really, really cool to see that really taking off and people squatting up. So really, really awesome. If you're looking for people to play with, there's a lot of awesome people uh, that have been playing this game for a long time or are new and trying to learn alongside other people. So come on in, check it out. That's right. There's a ton of people in Discord and it is really interesting. Every day, all day long, there's people posting in general chat. So you come join just the Xville community. But that's about it for this week. So we want to say good luck to everyone with your scav runs and interchange. Let us know how they go and everything else that you're doing in game two. See you later. See you guys. Thank you. Bye.